This is the MFG Cast. Hey guys, we're back. Can you believe it? With a regular episode. It's been, gosh, I think since the end of July. Long since time. We, yeah, since we've had a regular episode. Um, I'm Kurt. I'm Mike. Hey, it's the MFG cast. We introduced ourselves for Yeah, us. we did Woo! it. Woo! <laughs> this month, I thought we'd do something um, kind of uh, interesting. I thought we'd talk about creativity. We talk about creativity in all genres, in board games, video games, RPGs, and so on. And we're going to kind of hit it from a bunch of different angles because when I thought about doing this creativity uh, subject, I had kind of thought of it as, you know, what what we liked that had been done in the past and what we could do in the future. Uh, where Mike thought of it differently, where he thought he'd pick some examples of things that he really liked and and then I even had uh, something that I didn't even think about from the uh, from another angle when a friend of the show Flippy decided to say that what you know what about you know when they take a certain name of a game you know say like a Street Fighter and just continue to do it and do it and do it until it's kind of overplayed so it'll be kind of cool to talk about these different things and kind of go off off topic and on topic and all around so but before that let's get into now playing. Now playing. All right, now playing. Michael, what are you playing right now? Or what are we playing right now? Or what are you and somebody else playing right now? Uh, what am I playing? What have we been playing? <laughs> Last week we played Star Wars The Card Game. Yeah, and that um, was painful. Edge of Darkness expansion. We hadn't played that in a year and a half, probably. It took a really, really long time for yeah. us to learn that game again. It was fun, I thought. Kurt didn't think so because he lost, <laughs> but I thought it was fun going back to it. It's just, it, it's fantasy flight, so big book, you know, so yep. it takes forever to figure out what you're doing Yeah, and took us way too long. We really thought we were going to play some uh, dice, uh, dice Masters afterward, but didn't have enough time for that. <laughs> I think we probably played that since the last time that mm-hmm. we talked. I actually got Disney Infinity 3.0. Nice. I've been playing that. That's actually quite fun with the Star Wars stuff. I picked up just the starter, which has Anakin and Ahsoka with the like Clone Wars story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also picked up Yoda just for fun to have somebody else that could use in it. Same as any other Disney Infinity, the toy box is the main thing and it's huge. But the, the story with the Clone Wars section is really cool i haven't really gotten that much into it because i started out in the toy box and it was just like wow there's a lot to do in here (laughs) so but the story is just it's neat um i'm looking forward to picking up for sure the um luke and leia pack that's the original trilogy Mm -hmm. stuff um and i know there's a lot of other cool stuff coming out for it so that's been fun what else did i pick up 
I know there's a flash sale not too long ago on PlayStation Network again, so of course I picked stuff up from that. Nice. Uh, I picked up the zombie game, and it's called Off the Record, because it's the sequel or whatever. People know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you put together weapons, and you fight zombies in a mall for a while, and then you get out, and it's open world. And Oh. Yeah, it was on Xbox originally, yeah. with the original one. Dead I, Rising. Dead Rising. There Dead Rising go. 2, Off the Record. Picked there that up. And I also picked up... The Lego movie game. Uh, nice. For like $3. Yeah, that game was fun. Yeah, it's a Lego game. Yeah. You know, yep. uh, you gotta love Lego games. I don't care what they are. No. I always love Lego games. And it's fun, because we actually went to the movie. We took your son to the movie yep. all together. And so it's just cool, because it's all these scenes from the movie. And it's just yep. like, oh, I'm back at the movie again. You know? <laughs> when you get your like all of your accomplishments on a level, you know, like you get the full amount of studs or whatever that you're mm-hmm. supposed to get in the level. It does a little, everything is up. <laughs> and it's like, oh, great. That's stuck in my head for the rest of the day. I know. So I'm trying to think of what else we played. We played uh, Star Wars Rebel Assault. Imperial Assault. Imperial Assault, that's it. <laughs> I always say the Rebel Assault, yep. too, because that's one of the old videos. It is. Uh, Imperial Assault, we played that, which is awesome, and we are reviewing that this month, I believe. Mm-hmm. And Elysium, I picked up also, right. um, which is a cool little... Yeah, it's not really a deck-building game. Yeah. I don't know how... It's a trick-taking game, kind of, yeah. which I know I've said I don't really like trick-taking games, yeah. but it's different. Yeah. It's not... Yeah. Now you sit around with a hand of cards and, you know, mm-hmm. go fish type of thing. Yeah. It's just different. It I, is. I don't know how to describe it. I think I would just call it a strategic card game. I mean, yep. there's no, I don't think, I don't, I don't think it's like a specific thing. Yeah. Which I mean, is cool. The only thing is, is I, it definitely has the trick taking element. You want to get your, you want to match up either the numbers or the factions. Yeah. You know, but yeah, it's very different. I'm digging it, but we only played it once so far and yep. we'll have to try it again for yeah, sure. So. Definitely. That's all I can think of at the moment. Okay. What have you been playing? Perfect. I'll add a couple of things that we ca- had kind of played in between this big break that we yeah, had. It's um, been a long break, so yeah, it's hard to remember. Exactly. Anything. Got a lot of games from Gen Con that we had actually played. Like We got the expansions for Dominion. We got the Adventures and the Prosperity. Um, Prosperity I liked a lot. Um, Adventures I'm, I think I have to play it more because the first go around I didn't really... I didn't really care for it all that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still have to figure out a strategy for it. But again, I love the fact that we get to play Dominion more because I love that game and it's nice to get back into that. Played a little more um, Heroes Wanted, but I talked about that before, so I'm not going to go back into that again. What else? Tracy, and uh, this is something that kind of got left out for Mike because he hasn't even played it yet, but uh, Tracy liked playing uh, Machi Koro so much that we ended up getting... Uh, Machi, she ended up getting Machikoro, uh, the base game, then Harbor, and then Millionaire's Row. And Millionaire's Row really rounds out the game well. It's amazing. Because when we first played Harbor, I was kind of like, eh, I'm kind of lukewarm on it. It's good to have it just because Machikoro was super fun. But it's a nice, you know, dice rolling, take a card, you know, and try to play it, you know, play your cards right and your dice right and your luck right. But Millionaire's Row just really ups the value of it a tenfold, and I really love playing it. And um, I don't want to spoil it at all, just because I would rather just tell people to just go play it. I mean, Machikoro is just an easy, 
dice playing game. It's got it's got strategy to it. It doesn't. It's not super hard to learn. It's not super hard to play. Mm-hmm. Just go get it and go play it. It's so much fun. It's a great game for anybody to get anybody involved in gaming that's not quite that interested. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and plus it's cheaper than most mm-hmm. games are too, which is phenomenal. Uh, my wife got for me for my birthday uh, the DC deck building game Teen Titans. So we played that, and that's been really fun. I love that part to it where you could play it by itself or put it with everything else. And we've been kind of mitch- me and my wife have been kind of mixing and matching. It's been great. Um, got the little crossover expansion for Eric from Arrow the TV show, and that's actually got a cool little element to it too, where it's basically you're hiding a lot of cards under your under your superhero basically, and then you can kind of bring them out at any time and stuff like that, depending upon what they have. And that's been actually pretty fun. Um, we got the Batman versus Joker two-player game where you actually fight each other, and you have three cards that basically you have to eliminate of the other player. So you play Batman versus Joker, and it's like a nine, twelve, and a fifteen or something like that, and they all have special abilities, and that's really fun to see. You know who's the first person to do that, and then we bought Rattlebones from um, from Gen Con two, which is a nice little uh, dice rolling game where you can actually change the pips, and each different space that you land on you can actually have special abilities and stuff like that and that's super fun too i haven't played that we haven't played that with mike yet either because nope. logan had played the crap out of it with us so we kind of put it off to the side but eventually we'll have to work it <laughs> to the table so mike can play it um but and then uh one more thing i'll talk about that i've been really um having a lot of fun with and i usually don't do um app games all that much but on my phone I've been playing, uh, Square Enix has a game called Heaven Strike, and what it is is basically like Final Fantasy Tactics on your phone, and it's fun as shit. (laughs) It's got a cool little art style to it, it's got that weird story that, you know, the Final Fantasy games always seem to have, you know, it's like the dark evil that's looming, and these weird characters that are, you know, having fun and stuff like that, and it's got the tactics board on your phone where you basically just kind of put your players and they have special abilities and then you try to fight them out and stuff like that and I've been having a ton of fun on it. So Was that a free app or was it like It's expensive? a free one. No, oh, it's wow, a free one. Surprising. Usually Square's for, apps are so expensive yep. I don't even look at them. Yeah, so. exactly. It's just like, you know, you know when you want to play like Final Fantasy Tactics or one of the old fantasy Final Fantasy games on your phone or on your tablet, it's still like $15. Uh-huh. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm not paying $15 to play something on my phone. Yep. You know, if you move it down to like maybe two to three dollars, maybe. But I'm sorry, but playing on my phone is not not worth that much. There's money. too many free apps out there for me to spend any yes. money on yes. an app game on my phone. Yes, so. exactly. Um, oh, there's another game that actually that I think of too that that Tracy actually saw that we picked up and we played, and Tracy's been into it too. And I can't remember the name of it. It's like Loots and Legends, I think is what it's called, and it's like. It's like somebody took an app and put role playing into it to get people to pl- the role want to role play more. And the fact that Tracy plays this amazes me because she does not have any interest in role playing. So basically, what it is is this this dorky little guy that's trying to teach you how to play D anD D and like you're playing and stuff like that. And then he has a big brother that kind of picks on him and stuff like that too. And he's like, "I'm a better GM than you are," and stuff like or DM than you are and stuff like that. So it kind of goes through its own little story. And then you have like the tact, basically like a, like a Final Fantasy Tactics, or when you use like um, fi- uh, miniatures and stuff like that for role playing, you play through that. And that f- that's free, and that's on. Uh, well, it's on the iPad, but I don't know if it's on your phone or not. But I I would suggest Mike to play it because I know he would like cool. it. 
But yeah, it's super fun. So I'll if look you, it up this instant. Yeah, there you go. So if you get a chance, go check it out. It's really fun. All right. And that's it for now playing. All right. So we're going to get into some creativity. We're going to talk about different things that we like, some, certain things that we don't, um, what maybe we suggest could do better. I thought maybe we could start with um, the subject that's probably the most broad. And I think we could go with board games. Okay. Board games have, I don't know. At one point, I think there's different parts of board games that have come a long way since the beginning, because um, they're definitely a lot more complex, have a lot more to them and stuff like that, but I still don't think that board games have really reached their potential. You know, I I think there's a, lots of different things that can be done with them, but, you know, it's it's hard for me to say exactly what those are, because it's just, for for some reason... It still seems to me, and I've talked about this before, it, seals, it still seems to me that board games are very niche. And I think once they get more and more to a higher level and a higher standard, I think it'll start, the, the creativity will start to kind of blossom a lot more. Um, but um, I like Mike's idea on some of the stuff that he likes as far as creativity goes. So I'll let Mike kind of take... Oops, sorry. I'll just kind of... Oh, and there we go. I'll just make lots of noise. Take the table. Um, I'll just let Mike kind of go through some of the things, board game-wise, that he's liked. Good thing I didn't put these in any order whatsoever. <laughs> ah, nice. Um, just talking about board games, it's like, I think right now, we've talked about it before, it used to be that you had to go to Games by James, or you had to find an online store to find anything that wasn't Monopoly, Parker Brothers type games yeah. in a store. Yeah. You know? Um, and it's... Lately, you start seeing at Target or Walmart or different stores like that, they've got more and more like game games. Yeah. You know, I see Final Fan or Final Fantasy, Fantasy Flight and stuff like that on their shelves. You know, I see Ticket to Ride. I see uh, Settlers of Catan. You know, all that stuff. Like they just um, with the new, all that new Star Wars stuff that they threw out. You know, mm -hmm. what was it last week? Two weeks ago here, um, they put out the new X Wing starter oh, yeah, for the new right. movie. You know, it's just like they're putting out more and more, which is awesome, and it. It almost felt like if if you're a non-gamer and you look at games on the shelf before that point, it looks like games are just stagnant. Mm -hmm. You just you can get a ton of different versions of Monopoly or Sorry or whatever, you know, these games that have been around for years and years and years and I think that probably threw some people off, you know, as as adults you're just like, well, that's a game I played as a kid, you know. Yeah. You know, maybe I'll get it when I have a kid yeah. to play with them. Um but it seems like it, it's probably adding a little more to the competition and probably giving people more ideas and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, but looking at games throughout the years as far as board games that have really like made an impact, I think, that you know we've picked up at times. And it's hard with some of this stuff to say what's... A board game what's a card game yeah. i'm gonna include all that stuff kind of together yep. it's not a video game yep um 
so like things that I've thought of, one of the things um, we talked about and we're going to review um, Imperial Assault. Mm-hmm. Imperial Assault is new. It's awesome. It's not a new concept. Mm-hmm. The new concept of that game was the Wizards of the Coast D&D board games. It's the same thing except for it's Star Wars. It's yeah. got a Star Wars theme on it. Those games, when they came out, those D&D board games, such a new, different thing. Mm-hmm. It's a role-playing game, but it's a board game. You've got your tiles and you set up this adventure. Like To me, that was just... It's such an amazing idea and something so different than anything we've ever played. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, that, that type of game just was awesome um i look at the same thing with like the pathfinder riots of the rune lords Mm -hmm. same thing you're taking that concept of playing a role-playing game Mm -hmm. but it's just your cards you know you set up a nice little deck of what your character is and you use those things as you go along and battle these other cards yeah and do exploring you know town exploring or whatever yeah that to me was something huge and different another thing that i looked back at as a big thing for me for board game games, um, which is not really a board game either, <laughs> but um, is Quarriers. Quarriers, it's a dice game, but it's in a box and it's sold on the shelf like a board game, so I'm including mm-hmm. it here. Yeah. Um, it was such a different concept compared mm-hmm. to anything we ever played at the, at the time. Yeah. I know there's like a ton of that stuff now with Dice Masters and everything. It's all made by the same company, really. But yeah. um, just a very different concept. We played that game so much when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think of what else to have on here. Um, I know for us, we really got into deck builders. There's so many deck builders now. Yeah. Um, which, so that's just not a unique thing. I know though, when we were playing all these different deck builders, one that came along to me that was just different because it wasn't quite a deck builder. It was like a, a whole bunch of pre-made decks, but the same kind of thing was Sentinels and Multiverse. Mm-hmm. And I still don't really see anything quite like that. Yeah. I thought that was such a neat thing. And the creativity was awesome because they're not using a license. They weren't using Marvel or DC. They actually created this whole universe, mm-hmm. you know, and everything fits together. Yep. And if you read through the instruction books, they have little backstories for all the characters and how they fit together and stuff. And it was really neat. Yeah. And I'm get, I'm guessing by the things that you've already been talking about, and it all kind of fits into this old little mold, it's... It's not only you're not only just playing a, a board game. You're actually telling a story too, mm-hmm. which is cool because it's it's got all the best qualities. Well, it's got almost all the best qualities of an RPG. You know, it doesn't quite tell you the story like an RPG would because you have more interaction between players and stuff like that. But I mean, it's really got the basics in there. You know, it's got the it's got the the roll and move stuff. It's got the. Um, the character work it's got you know it's got a little bit of story to it where you know like with the sentinels of the multiverse it didn't need to have these you know uh certain phrases and these backstories that they've got on these cards and in the book and stuff like that they could have just said these are your players this is what you do go with it they actually added a little backstory where you could have, if you have an, enough of imagination, you could be like, okay, I could, I could write my own story with these characters, you know, mm-hmm. and make up your own 
role-playing book, comic book, uh, regular book, you know, write a story like that, you know. I like that idea of of that being a thing. For sure. Like, it just really adds to your experience, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, Another thing, and I'm not sure if it fits into this situation or not either because I'm not sure where you put this. Mm -hmm. Something that I always kind of think back to because it's my start to game games Mm -hmm. not just those monopolies and all that type of stuff when i first really started getting into gaming um was called it was mage knight Mm -hmm. there was always there's warhammer out there which always looked cool yeah but intimidating yes and you didn't have the money for it or at least i didn't have the money for it (laughs) didn't have time to paint anything yeah these little figures came along all the stats are on the dial you know and everything they're already painted and it had a collecting aspect to it it was just really cool and then they moved along to hero clicks and actually added a map so you didn't have to like plan out a square on the floor and all that yep. stuff and measure with a ruler that was so time consuming yep. Yep. but and they added the cards that had a little more stuff to yep, it too yeah they just kept going and adding more and more to it i just to me that i thought that was such a creative thing to be able to make it accessible Mm -hmm. you know like i still i won't touch warhammer i don't think i ever will because it's just too intimidating and i i do not have the money for that even if i became the like super rich i don't think i'd touch warhammer it just seems like there's just too much to learn there's too much like i said you got to paint stuff it takes too much time i just can't yeah do it yeah it's it's one of those things and it's 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 almost like when we talk about magic, it's almost something you had to you have to kind of delve into. And with Warhammer, I almost think it's different. I almost think that you have to be in it from a young age and delve into it, and then just keep on sticking with it. Mm-hmm. Because I see that whole thing too. I'm like, God, that is awesome. All these figurines are cool. Mm-hmm. Be cool to be able to do that kind of stuff. But now we're at an age where there's. We don't have a lot of time in the day, and there's only so many things we can do. Yes, we can probably take a big chunk of time and do that, but there's other things that we'd like to do also. Yeah. So, and I apologize to like people that play Warhammer. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm sure it's an awesome game. Maybe it's not as daunting as it looks, but that's what I get out of it. Like to me, I think of we've got a few hours to play Tuesday nights every week, and to me. When I see Warhammer, all I think of is, like, getting out axes and allies, Mm -hmm. and it takes me two hours to set up the board. Yeah. Same type of thing I think of when I see Warhammer. I I just imagine that that's got to be a huge, intensive just setup on that game alone. So, looks awesome. I'm sure there's a ton of thought and stuff put into that. It's been around forever, so obviously it's doing well, but... That's just my thought on it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah, we and and I think people that listen to this podcast as, as long as as long as they're not fairly new should know that, you know, anything we talk about, you know, we're not we're not being overly critical of it. It's just, you know, we there's other things we'd rather be doing. Yeah. Um that's really all I have for board game stuff that okay. I could think of because well, let me go with this. Board games like like I said, they had the Monopoly, all that Parker Brothers stuff. Yeah. And they've evolved over time. If you want to just go generic in-store board game stuff, they evolve like 
anything that we're going to talk about Mm -hmm. with technology. Yeah. You know, you had all that just normal board game stuff, and then VCRs came out, and you saw, like, Clue with a videotape that you could play along with. And then you get into, we've got DVD players, and you get Seen It and, like, the Trailer Pursuits with the discs that you can have the video along with them. And I think that's the way a lot of those type of games just end up evolving. I don't know if it's really creativity. Yeah. But... But at the time, yeah. I'm sure it's a, you know, with the VCR game, it's like, I'm sure the first, I mean, I, I, I can know myself that so the first VCR game I ever played was like, this is amazing, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm sure after a while it gets old, but still, yeah. at the time it was amazing. Right, yeah. So, I mean, I I don't know where, like, a company like Parker Brothers and stuff like that, where they evolve in games, because mm-hmm. it seems like they've just set themselves up into... We're remaking all of our games with a new license. Yeah, yeah. Where you get all these little startup companies that we talk to and stuff all the time, and it's just they keep flooding in more and more different games and stuff for people to see. And I think that's just the way of the future as far as mm-hmm. gaming goes. And it's really cool to see all the ideas out there. Mm-hmm. So. For sure. Um, as far as um, the uh, um, technology side goes for that... Um, I would add, like, iOS apps and stuff like that. Like, you know, when you got, like, and not just that, but, like, iOS games. You know, you've got your, like, you got that Humble Bundle. And yeah, the, that was actually computer games rather than yeah, iOS. But yeah, yeah, for yeah. board games. And, exactly. And it's like, form. and there was games in there that you may have never played. But because mm-hmm. that was available to you, you had, you took it, you had taken a chance and liked them. Yeah. So that, you know, that's a way to get... You know, a uh, traditional uh, video gamer to or computer gamer to get into board games because mm-hmm. be like, okay, do you like this? Here's a board game. You can do it just, just you know, very similar to that. You know, yep. I think that's uh, the, I think the iOS stuff is starting to become the wave of the future now because now they're starting to, some of these games. They're actually starting to have apps that kind of go with these games. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the big ones is um, which Mike's I don't think has ever heard of, but it's called Alchemist. And what you do is you use these different things to make different potions. Well, you actually use an iOS app to mix your potions and see what comes up. Hmm. So um, if I'm being if I'm being correct on that, which I think I am, um, so that is to me that's amazing. You know, because yeah. not only are you taking this awesome board game, but you're also putting a little bit of technology into it. So it's getting people excited about a couple of different of different genres or whatever you want to call it. Um, so that way I think it's becoming cool. Another thing I think is like your, like those, uh, those apps that happen, like you've got like counters and you've got timers and stuff like that. That stuff is cool because a lot of times when you're playing a game, you know, there's going to be times where there's a certain aspect of this game where you're like, I don't want to have to keep track of this every single time. And I think if more board game companies can kind of get that idea out there, then it would make things a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking about uh, the other day um, board games that we don't play that much, and a lot of times it's games that take a long time. And you know, it, it's I know a lot of the a lot of the um, best part of those games usually is that it takes that long because you're doing a bunch of different things. Well, I would like to see them just take some of that out for the people that don't want that as much. You know, I don't know if that's going to take away from the game at all, but I think that would help, at least in my opinion, 
because you know I you know I bought that Lagranja from Stronghold Games and I want to play it, but that's a two hour game, mm-hmm. and that's hard to pl- hard to think about playing because you have to you have to learn it first. So yeah. if you're doing a two hour game and learning it, you could look at four hours there. That's a long time. That's something that I've appreciated with X Wing and Imperial Assault is that they have that like a tutorial built into their instruction book mm-hmm. that the first time you play through you sit down and you play that adventure and it doesn't have all of the drawn out rules it just has the basics basics of the game so that everybody can get that down before you really dig into it and mm-hmm. i just i think that's really awesome and i hope that that trend continues in games mm-hmm. especially with some of the bigger games that it's really daunting to get into yes for sure i think another thing now that actually came to my mind that is a very good idea and when it comes to Lagrangia is having a one player aspect mm-hmm. to it because a lot of times with games you know again you don't want to put all of that time into learning so if you have that one player version of it or say it's a two player plus game but then you have one player rules that you can download or whatever I like that idea I like mm-hmm. that because then you can just go and do your own thing granted you could if it's a two or more player game, you could pretend to be another player, but it's kind of hard to think about. Oh, how would I think this person would move? Yeah. You know, it's got to have that that certain thing that plays that plays that one player aspect. Otherwise, you're just basically playing against yourself, and you might not get the full range of what the game is all mm-hmm. about. Um, uh, a friend of the show, Flippy, um, made a good uh, had a good idea when it comes to board games. Uh, he said make uh, board games more of a RPG element like we had talked about except for have more be a more accessible to like creating characters and you know I mean like that um, what's that D&D board game that we've played the one where you can actually kind of level up your guys well, there's Wrath of Charlon or uh, Legend of Drist or well, what's, Ravenloft. And what's one that's newer that we played that you can actually play the cards and that you can actually, you can actually upgrade your guys and stuff oh, like that. That's not. That's uh, the Pathfinder. Oh, Pathfinder. Sorry. Yeah, Pathfinder. Sorry. Yeah. All the D and D people will kill me for it. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> um, I you know that's kind of going in the right direction. I think you know where you and even talking about Imperial Assault. You know, you got you have these guys, but you can keep upgrading them. Yeah. You can keep getting them better and stuff like that. Like you're playing a traditional board game, but you're also, you know, putting a bunch of visuals, you know, into play and stuff like that. And I think that's that's such a great idea because, I mean, it's it's cool to be able to do more with a game. I've always said that. Yeah. You know, I I like when when a game can be a lot of possibilities and not just the same thing. You know, and even with the technology part and stuff like that, if you can just say hey, go to our website, download these couple of things, you can throw that into your game. Or if they say, you know, make up your own kind of thing, here's some card layouts, you know, so if you want to make your own little way of doing things, do it here mm-hmm. and then throw it into our game or even uh, submit it. That was another thing I was I was thinking of when, and this may be kind of getting kind of convoluted in what we're talking about and stuff like that, but I'm just going with the flow, but like, being able to suggest to the people that are making these games what you would like to see and maybe using that. I like that as a model. 
I think that would be kind of cool to say, what do you guys think? You know, and I've, I've seen certain companies just slowly start to do that. And I love that idea, you know, because there, you know, there's a lot of people that are playing these games that I guarantee you have a ton of ideas that are just going to, you know, keep, keep it getting better and better and better and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I'll kind of stay on the things that I thought that I that I think have been innovative and stuff like that. I like the smaller games that are that have pack a lot of punch. I think that's something that's becoming more prevalent these days, and I love it. I was surprised the other day when I got my uh, Kickstarter for Tiny Epic Galaxies, and man, just uh, I haven't I haven't opened it up yet, but I've been hearing you know seeing all the components and stuff like that, and how much you could put into a little game that has a lot of a lot of possibilities to it you know and just looking at that kind of package you know it's funny because i was thinking i knew that it was more than you know more than a couple of players well this is one to, you can play one to five players with that that tiny of a box i mean what is that like i don't know three by six yeah, it looks like a paperback book yeah kind of. i mean it's thicker obviously but. yeah but um it's crazy to think that 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 game is going to have a lot to it same with like kind of like your machikoro i mean it's a decent sized box and it doesn't have a lot of components but it's got a lot of bang for your buck Mm -hmm. it really does you know and a game like uh rhino hero where it's just a it's really a uh, kind of a simple game where you're just building you know building a building and putting a little rhino up and down it and stuff like that and that it's just it's crazy to think that you know it's not only these big box games that are getting this getting all the attention but now it's all these smaller games that are really starting to blossom and you know get people's attention and stuff like that you know so then it's not just you know playing three hours of a game you can get you can get like six games in and in the span that you would get uh you know one or two so i kind of like that aspect i thought of another thing that i think is really cool and like i'd like to see more of when we first saw pandemic Mm -hmm. as a game it's the first time that I've ever played anything where we all either win or we all either, you know, we all lose. Yeah. That cooperativeness, it just, it was never really in games that I'd ever seen. And there's not a lot out there that have that aspect. I'd mm-hmm. like to see more of it. It's really cool to be like, hey, we all lost the game together, you know? Yeah. And we're all working together to try and achieve a goal. I, I just, I think that's really neat and different. Yeah. Um, it was really cool to see that at the time and it's neat to see you know where it's going with that that you know sentinels are the same way it's cooperative like that and it's just it i'd like to see more of it like it's it gives creators a little bit more of a challenge you know Mm -hmm. see how how people can work together to accomplish a goal so yeah yeah it's not it's not more of just oh you know i won it's more of oh we won you know Mm -hmm. and it's just it's like you know like we had talked about playing a role playing game, you know, it's it's nice when you're all in together and then you 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 know all won at the end and you're like, yes, we did it, you know. Mm-hmm. I love that. Dan from Gaming Nonsense Uncensored made a great had a great idea about what he thought. He thought that more games should have to have multiple venues to victory, not just one way to win. Which I think that's a great yeah. idea too. There's some games that have that, you know, where it's like, okay, well you can do this or you can do that. Be kind of cool to have that. And again, that's another way to challenge the people that are creating it too you know Mm -hmm. it's not just okay you're not just having this is how many victory points you have or you made it to the end of the game or you know this it's like it's adding a lot more to it a lot more bones to it than just the simple stuff you know yeah almost having 
if you have everybody's got a character, every character has a different goal or something would be cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that would that would actually be really cool. Yeah. Have everybody have a different end game, which you know, I think maybe like Dead of Winter kind of has that in a way where they've yeah, got their yeah. characters that have different things, but it's still got still still kind of heading in the mm-hmm. same direction, but Man, I Man. forgot all about that game. We need to play that again. <laughs> I know, right? It's crazy <laughs> when you think about stuff like that, too. I was mm-hmm. thinking about something the other day. And I was like, I think it was Core Worlds. I'm like, damn it, I really need to play that game again. But yeah, it's it, it's funny, too, because I, I was kind of thinking when you were talking about it, too. It's like, okay, you know, is it going to be something, too, where if you make everybody going to go towards a certain goal, is that really going to make this game just super huge, you know? Because it'd be like, okay, I have to go off here. You got to, I mean, unless it's maybe a card game. If it's a card game, you can maybe do it more. But if it's like a physical board game, that might really give it some space, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's what Pandemic is, though, too, you know? Everybody's kind of racing around into different spots to try and get rid of all the virus at the same time, you know? Yeah, that is true. That is true. Well, I can't think of anything else for board games. Me either. All right, cool. Well, (laughs) let's, uh, let's head into video games next. I will kind of talk about the stuff that I thought had kind of been fresh and creative at the time i'm not going to go too far back but there'll be some things that may seem like it stuff like that one of the things i think that um lately that's been kind of getting more and more and i know people have kind of complained about it but i really enjoy it as i think it's the it's like the choose your own adventure basically it's the telltale games uh, model basically um, they have the, oh, what's that new game that came out that's supposed to be a horror game that's basically just tells a movie story. It's like After Dark or... I do not know. Oh, I can't remember. People are just <laughs> shouting right now, I'm sure. They're just like, damn it, you idiot. But basically, it's just it's just you playing a couple of characters in a horror movie and basically making the decisions that are either going to kill your characters or progress them in the story. And um, it's funny because you could tell that some, that that game is just pulling people in because Tracy saw some some people talking about it and she watched a little bit of a video and she's like, "We have to play this game." And I'm like, um, "It's for the new systems. I can't. Pl- we can't play it unless we buy mm-hmm. like a PS4 or whatever." Um, but it's cool that she's you know even remotely you know involved in that you know. Um, I think Telltale, da- Telltale games have really revolutionized that whole thing because it, it, you know, that choose your own adventure, it's just, it's gotten people so involved in it and they write such a good story that it's like, it's like reading a book, but you have to make those choices that, you know, really affect these characters, you know, and it's usually a life of death struggle and it's usually they just have a, just an awesome way of pulling you in and getting you involved in these characters so then when one of them dies you're just like you're just you're distraught mm-hmm. you know i i remember playing the first walking dead and like i had to put it down yeah. you know it's just like holy shit i can't take it anymore mm-hmm. you know yeah and along those lines like because this was something i was going to mention too you know yeah. that's i've always thought those are really cool going back even further than the telltale games mm-hmm. Just to start that off, you had like Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I right. mean, all those Bioware type games mm-hmm. where it's like, what choice are you going to make? You're going to end up being, you know, a good guy or a bad guy, <laughs> depending on what you do. You're going to have different characters join you, you know, depending on what you do, you know, if you're good or bad. And 
I always thought that was such a cool thing. I know there's a ton of it out there now, but you go back to, you know, Knights of the Old Republic, I think is the first I can think of that was really like that. Yeah. Um, it was such a cool concept at the time, you know. I it, I still enjoy that that type mm-hmm. of stuff because it really makes you think. So and yeah. and the thing is, like we're talking creativity, you know, The Walking Dead, The Game of Thrones. They had um, oh, the wolf game that I can't remember. Wolf Among Us. Yes, <laughs> like all those stories, they're so well written. Mm-hmm. You know, you get into them so much and. Even that is creativity. They really write a good story, and they stay so. within the within the boundaries of that whatever that genre is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really need to pick up that King's Quest that came out. I'm, I I really want to see how that turned out. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. <sighs> More on that subject for you, <laughs> or where are you at? Uh, and I'm trying to look up that damn game because I'm pissed. <laughs> I can't think of it. It's called Horror Game. I think that that's a big one. Another thing, if you're thinking about games that have kind of... Uh, Until Dawn, that's what it's called. There you go, I never heard yep. of it. Yep, and now you have. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that game was super fun. Okay, another thing I was thinking of is the like the Disney Infinity model, or the Sky Skylander Wars. model, yeah. or the... Lego Dimensions is yes, coming out. Yes, yeah. They're taking basically whole bunch of different worlds and combining them and doing like basically they're putting in a video game like you do with your action figures you just take mm-hmm. all your action figures and be like okay now you know iron man is fighting with captain america or you know uh, sully is gonna fight with you know black widow or you know or teddy ruxman is gonna <laughs> fight with <laughs> with slimer you know it's just it's cool to think of that you know you can take this in a video game and just Put everything into uh, into a blender and just blend it up and make it into something wonderful. And not only does it it expand, you know, the adults and the kids' imaginations, but it also makes them a shit ton of money. Because yeah. holy shit, it's funny. As much as it it irks me to no end how much money they make off that stuff, because it's like another ten dollars for this figure, another thirteen dollars for this figure, and stuff like that. I mean, they're smart. They're smart for doing that. And, of course, now they they got the Lego Dimensions coming out. It's like, duh. Of mm-hmm. course you're going to do that. And just there's so many things you can do with that to make it, make them infinite amount of money. Yeah. Well, the collecting aspect is awesome for me. I've always loved collecting things. So, <laughs> I mean, with Infinity, I bought, you know, a lot of that because it's three different universes that I love. I have not gotten into Skylanders at all. I doubt I ever will, but mm-hmm. the Lego stuff looks awesome. Yeah. The stuff that I've heard about that game, actually building your pieces mm-hmm. on the little base and then changing them into something else to achieve a mission, I think that's awesome and brilliant. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, very creative, very, you know, talking about technology, you yep. know, technology yep. just keeps going <laughs> yeah, exactly. bigger and better. So. Well, and the cool thing that, that they had with, they had with uh, Skylanders, too, which is you know it's craziness, but you probably couldn't do this with the with your uh, with your Disney Infinity and stuff like that. But they had some where you could take you could, they call them the swap force. Oh, you yeah. could take the different bodies and swap them. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm like, I mean, it's crazy all the combinations you can think of. You know, it's just and and so that in that aspect, it's just like wow, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Um, yeah, and speaking like talking about those types of games and creativity, at least with Infinity, that game just is built on creativity because it's that toy box is the main section of Disney Infinity, and that's all about just using your mind to build your own little world. Mm-hmm. Same thing with you know Minecraft. Right? Yep. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> looks better than Minecraft at least. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's cool when you get games out there that just make you be creative Mm -hmm. you know so yep and here's something i will actually kind of it'll go back to board games but it kind of has something to do with video games they're starting to make more games now where when you play these games it's like um what do they call that it's like coding coding a computer basically Mm -hmm. so they've got one called uh, robot turtles that was on kickstarter that's supposed to be really good for kids that teaches them coding computer coding Uh wow And there's another game like, excuse me, there's another game like that too, but I can't remember what it's called, but like, I'd like to see more of that, you know, where it just, it teaches not, I mean, not only I would like to get that for Logan, I'd like to get that for myself because I do enough stuff for this podcast, but I still don't know that much about computers and it'd be cool Mm -hmm. to have that simplistic view of it to be able to do that kind of thing. It'd be cool to have that more for computer games too, or for video games. You know, you don't see that as much. You know, they have some games and stuff like that that kind of work on that, but not specifically for that. Yeah. Um, just along those lines, I know it goes to a different subject, kind of. Mm-hmm. But back in the day, we were really into Guitar Hero and Rock Band. Mm-hmm. You know, those music games that just got you really interested in, like, getting that beat down, you know, to the music. And then you get into Rocksmith, which isn't really a game but there's many games in it that just teach you how to play a guitar Mm -hmm. you know same type of thing it's teaching you a skill yes like that i think is awesome if Mm -hmm. there was more stuff out out there like that that taught you other skills you know that you could actually use in your real life Mm -hmm. you know yeah well just think of like flight simulators you know Mm -hmm. i mean something where Unless you're interested in that kind of stuff, it kind of seems kind of boring, but you get that in a video game aspect, you're like, wow, this is cool. Yeah. Uh, another thing you think of is like um, um, like Oculus Rift and stuff like that. I mean, now we're getting to the point now where everything is becoming more and more like we're part of this game where, you know, before you know it, we're at, we'll actually be plugged into it, you know, and we'll be, you know, there doing, our, you know, being that superhero in Disney Infinity or, you know. Um, you know, being that guy that gets scared to death when a, you know, a zombie, you know, munches on us and stuff like that. So, I mean, that's where that stuff is going, Mm -hmm. you know, sticking with that kind of theme, like iOS games and, and games on your phone. I mean, those have really gotten better as the years have gone too. You know, there used to be a time where basically the games you'd only play on your phone were like more like Minesweeper, you know, and now... Now you can play full-blown video games that are like fighters or RPGs or storytelling or, you know, that kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, i trying to think of what else. Um, even though it's been scrutinized, um, I think the Kinect um, kind of started a wave of things where, you know... More and more, it's trying to get you involved in these games and more interactiveness. And I think if 
if it wouldn't have been for stuff like the Connect and stuff like that, then it wouldn't be getting up to this Oculus Rift where we're kind of being more involved in games and stuff like that. Another thing I think that was that's been uh, really good for the video game community is free to play stuff. You know, because mm-hmm. you know, if we have our PlayStations, our Xboxes, whatever you want, whatever you have. And you have the you're paying so much a month, you don't have all this money to play games unless you're you know young and just don't have any responsibility, you know. So it's nice to have these things that you can try and you know see if you like, you know. And then if you get hooked on that game, then you possibly get hooked on the other games that these companies make and stuff like that. So I think that business model is a great model. I think Microsoft is slowly losing that battle because. Um, at one time, I, w- I had been so excited about how many free games I was getting through Xbox Live, and it was cool to kind of tinker with stuff. And now they're like, here's 75% off this game. I don't care. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know, I guarantee you for a fact that Mike is Mike is downloading a bunch of games on PS4 be- or on his PS3 because they're, you know, they've got a bunch of free to play games for. They don't really have one. a lot of free to play games on PlayStation. Okay. Nope. Okay. Not unless you have PlayStation Plus, which is a paid service. Okay. So. Okay. And that's and that's pretty much what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's that's what we like to do each month, just because we you know we don't have regular TV, so we mm-hmm. play, watch Netflix and Hulu and stuff like that. So another thing, which I think is the an actual game that kind of revolutionized um, in game and multiplayer aspects is Destiny. That fact that you can just jump in and out of of playing your own game by yourself and multiplayer without really missing a beat, mm-hmm. I think is fucking phenomenal. I think it's just crazy how you can just go from here to there without it really having any bit of a lag. You know, just think about like your 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 um, your Xbox and your PS2 days, where like you'd have to play online and it would take you like three hours just to get online. Mm-hmm. You know. So it's just, it's crazy to think how far we've come with that. And there's got to be ways to where that's going to get even better. Yeah. You know? Um, what were you thinking about as far as video game stuff that's been created up through the years or anything? Like um, for me, one of the big things, I think, is like Rockstar Games doing, you know, Grand Theft Auto and stuff like that, where you get the open-end world, mm-hmm. where you can go wherever you want and do whatever you want and say screw the story for quite a long time if you want to and do you know just do whatever it's funny because on my blog i did a review of um cabela's dangerous hunts eh, 2009 or something like that and it was just funny because i went back and i played this game to do a review on it and it was like i'm walking through the woods and i'd run into a wall of nothingness like there wasn't a tree or a bush in front of me they just didn't want me to go that direction and it's so weird now because there's so much of that expansive world in all your games it's just like okay this is really stupid how did you play a game like this you know and it was that back then and i think that really helped games a lot i mean it made developers have to go out and be like hey i've got to create a whole world for people to explore you know i think that has done a lot for games Mm -hmm. the only other one that i had down here that i still think is like a super creative game and never seen anything like it it's katamari damachi Mm -hmm. um crazy weird game we've talked about (laughs) it before um you roll up 
all sorts of items on this little ball and just make it bigger and bigger and create stars and planets. Um, and there's dancing pandas. But, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's weird, but it's so fun and engaging for you. To, you can give that game to a kid. You can give it to pretty much anybody, even if they don't care so much about video games, and they will have a fun time with it because it's so different. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just don't see that. I'm, I'm kind of surprised that there aren't more things like that out there, I guess. But, mm-hmm. sure. um the other thing that I had that I'm not sure where to put it um, because it's not a video game, really. It's not a board game. Um, and it's not even out yet. Um, and I guess it's kind of being marketed as a toy. Um, it's this new thing called uh, Playmation. I'm not sure if you've seen that or not. Mm-mm, I haven't. Um, it's a Disney thing. Uh it's Avengers Playmation is what it's coming out as. Oh. And you have, like, a little Captain America or Iron Man or some bad guys and stuff. And you have, like, a repulsor gauntlet that you put on your arm. Um, and it actually, like, kind of turns your room into a whole gaming area. Really? Um, and you can like shoot at the villains and stuff, and they'll shoot back at you and stuff. Almost like a laser tag is yeah. what it makes me think of. Um, I, I haven't seen a ton on it, yeah. but it's so different. It's coming out later this year. I'm not sure exactly when. So it um, must have a sensor for where you can shoot and stuff like that around I guess. you? Yes. I, you know, like it senses maybe if you're in front of that character, you know, in its range with your gauntlet or whatever you have. I know there's some other weapons and stuff i think there might be like stuff for captain america or like the widow's bite gauntlet things you know stuff like that because i know that those it's maybe six avengers characters right now it's iron man captain america black widow thor falcon somebody else and i know that they have like ultron and uh red skull and somebody else but uh it looks really neat. You'll have to look at a trailer. I looked at the trailer <laughs> before we did this because I wanted to check it out because I had seen it like advertised at a Disney store when nice. we were at the Mall of America. And I was like, oh, it looks really cool and different. Yeah. I don't know if it's something that we as adults would get because I'm yeah. not sure if the actual like peripherals <laughs> would fit on your arm or if it's built for a kid. Oh, yeah. Um, but from what I read on it, it's it you know it's just a hugely different experience, and it actually they give you missions. You know, mm-hmm. you have to save civilians and all sorts of stuff, and do all sorts of stuff. And um, as far as what I saw earlier, it, it, like your score and stuff gets tracked on like your iPad and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it's really interactive. Like your kid actually gets physical and plays mm-hmm. at the same time as you know having fun. Yeah. You know, like yeah. having a toy too mm-hmm. you know yeah. so i don't know that that could be a very cool future thing and mm-hmm. definitely check that out yeah for sure um now i'm thinking about what flippy said about things that that are, you know are possibly you know negative instead of positive and you know talking about that whole thing with you know the um genres like or the you know pick a thing like there's street fire and just keep keep overdoing it and overdoing it I think they need more big IPs that can 
you know, really take over the landscape because you don't see that much anymore. You know, you've got your Marios. You've got your, you know, Dusty and he kind of was, kind of was like that and it's kind of still plenty big. But, I mean... You're talking video games right now yes. rather than... Yep. Okay. Yep. It's like, you know, you don't... There's not really anything out there that people are just clamoring for, you know? I mean, that's what I've I've always said about the newer systems. It's like, Xbox, I guess, is Halo? Mm-hmm. Is there, you know, I mean, like, the Halo guy, whatever. Yeah. PlayStation... I don't know. Yeah. It's not like back in the day where you had Mario's Nintendo, Sonic is Sega. Mm-hmm. You know, like very distinct characters. There's just not that anymore. No. Yeah, and I think there needs to be more of that because I think I think videos are starting to kind of fade away a little bit more than they used to, you know? Because I think I don't think as many people are buying them as much. There's your niche markets uh, like a you know, a lot of your Nintendo stuff, you know, where people are so hardcore for that, you know, and there's some people that are Xbox or Microsoft and Sony fanboys that will continue to get that stuff, but it doesn't seem like as exciting as it used to be, you know, where people were just so much into that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, for me, I don't know if it's just because we're getting old, mm-hmm. we don't have as much money to spend on that type of stuff or yeah. what, but like for me, like, I used to buy tons of video games and... I have a very hard time going into a store and being like, oh, that's a game that I really, really want. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some games that come out every year with a new version of it. I will get WWE 2K16 because I love those wrestling games. You mm-hmm. know, I love having the new characters and stuff. But it, it, it's not really creative. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not anything new. Yeah, And there's just not... As far as I see, there's not a lot out there that is new and different in video games, yeah. I guess. I mean, even, you know, I got Disney Infinity. Well, it's 3.0. They've had all these different versions. Mm-hmm. It's essentially the same thing with different stories in it. Yeah, There's just, there's not. I, I can't think of a new game, you know, that's not a series. It's not, you know... Assassin's Creed that comes out every year or anything like that. I can't think of anything new that I'm just like, oh, that's awesome. I really want to play that. Mm-hmm. There's not. No, there really isn't. And it's weird too because um, I was thinking about it the other day and I'm like, I really want to play video games. Mm-hmm. Granted, I don't have as much time as I used to, but like, I want something to be excited about, you know? You know, when they said that, the, you know, we talked about this before I recorded, when, you know, I heard the new Metal Gear Solid was for everything even for the old systems, I'm like, yes, this is something I want to get into because I really like it. But, you know, there's there's not a lot, like we said, there's just not a lot of stuff out there that just grabs you that, think, you know, you can, I want to put my hour or two mm-hmm. or whatever into it. You know, you just, there'll be a couple of games that you've always wanted, like you said, that you'll play, but then there's nothing you'll go out there and go, oh, well, I think I'll check this out and I'll pick it up. You know, you just like, I'm not going to waste my money on that, you know, because, mm-hmm. You know, these, you know, with with board games, it's a little more, um, it makes a little more sense for us because, you know, that's what we do more, you know, and, and we both will do it, you know, where video games, there's there's not too many things out there that we're both excited about that we'll both be like, okay, you got to come over, we got to play this, you mm-hmm. know, we had talked about playing that Disney Infinity so we could, you know, review it and stuff like that, and we both love Star Wars, so it'd be kind of cool to check that out, you know. But other than that, you know, we haven't really, you know, talked to each other about doing, you know, we talked about it before when we played some older video games to review and we're like, 
we need to do this more. Mm-hmm. But we still haven't been like, we need to do this more, you know, really got on our horse to do it because it's just not as exciting. Yep. Yeah. I mean, like I said, there's really no new games that I want to be like, oh, want to get that, want to play it, want to review it. I, yeah. I, I don't. There's no. I mean, all I ever really see coming out is the sports games, you know, mm-hmm. every year or, you know, like I said, Assassin's Creed comes out every year. Yeah. I'm not even sure if they're making Call of Duties anymore. I haven't seen one in a while. Yeah, I, I think assume there's got to be one yep. this year. Yeah. Um, but I, I kind of jumped off that bandwagon three years ago or so yeah. and haven't really looked back. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I just feel like it's gotten kind of stale. Mm-hmm, you for know, sure. I mean, even you talk about, you know, the new Metal Gear it's coming out. I mean, that story has been around since Nintendo. <laughs> you know, I mean, obviously it's gotten better and better. Yeah. But it's still the same kind of thing. Yeah. You know, just probably better graphics, maybe a few extra things that you can do now that you couldn't do in the last game. Yeah. But it's not new and different. There's, you know, I, I don't know yeah. where, I don't know where to go with new and different for games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, where do they go? Yeah, yeah, and I, and I even think about when we're talking about uh, Disney Infinity and stuff like that for kids and stuff like that. I still don't think for video games there's not that creativity where when Nintendo came out and they had all these different things, it was like every kid had something to play. Now I think these days it's like okay, it's like the Skylanders, the Disney Infinity, Minecraft, Mario. That's it. <laughs> that's all there is. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, there are other games out there, but there's nothing. You know, not that big thing where it's like, okay, we're gonna. You know, the kid wants to. You know, really put this on their on their Christmas list, or you you hear it from other people that talk about their other. You know, their kid has it and stuff like that. It's just not as big as it used to be. So, I mean, that's another thing that may really make video games become more and more obsolete mm-hmm. you know that's true it's not you don't see a lot of games that are geared to kids anymore yeah which is kind of scary for video games yep because you lose out on that whole generational thing of growing mm-hmm. up with it you know that, yep. yeah that i had never really thought about it before but they're really aren't i mean like you might play a sports game with your kid or there's you know the games that you mentioned but there's really not a lot like you would sit your kid down in front of to play it's too Mm -hmm. grown up yep for sure huh yeah so it's getting to one of those things where it's like okay well the only positive way i can think about it is that maybe there are a few kids down the way that said i didn't have anything so i want to make something for the kids of the future Mm -hmm. but i mean Chances are that are pretty slim, I'm yep. guessing. Hmm. So, there's something to chew on, people. Yeah, that's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, well, last thing we'll move on to before we move on to the review is uh, RPGs. Um, we'll do this kind of quickly because... Yes, we, we will, because I don't have much on that. <laughs> I had asked some people about different things about what they thought could be out there that you just don't see anymore. And people just People had basically... A few certain things that were geared towards the, their sensibility and stuff like that. Like I had um, Andrew Young on Andrew J. J Young on Twitter at that one GM. Uh, he was talking about like Oregon Trail for RBG. I thought that would be kind of cool. Yeah, Power Rangers. I don't. I never got in the Power no, Rangers. Me either. Sorry, Andrew. The Olympics. That's interesting. I don't know how you play that into RPGs. I don't know. 
Teen Mystery Adventures. I kind of like that. Like your Hardy Boys and your Nancy Juice and stuff like that. I could see that being a fiasco. Yeah, for sure. That yeah. would be really fun. I don't know what this is. Atomic Age Arthurian. That's something I don't know about. So. I do not know either. So somebody else will know about that and they'll be like, yes, I agree. That sounds like steampunk to me. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, and then he talked about social media. That's kind of interesting yeah. to put that into into RPG yeah. aspect. The, the, some of the things I thought of is uh, kind of internet-based stuff that RPGs are doing now. Like you've got your drive through RPG, which has got a lot of different game, you know, a lot of different big stuff that you can download for PDF instead of having to go to the store and pay fifty bucks for a book. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty revolutionary because it shrinks down the cost, and then you can have it on your computer. You don't have to have it in your shelving. You know, a lot of people like that because that's been that's a big thing. The books are a big thing, and I'm yeah. kind of one of those guys that it's kind of like that. But same here. <laughs> but it's also kind of nice to have it on. Your computer, too, so then you don't have to worry about having to pull it out, look for the thing. You can just turn on your computer, you know, type page 27, get mm-hmm. to the page that you want, stuff like that. What I think they should get more into, and I think they've done better with, like, uh, I, I think uh, um, TSR has done pretty good with that, is have more stuff available online. And that's, you know, more free. You know, it's you don't have to give away everything, but, like, if somebody wants to look up, you know how to play like they did with the Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. They're like, here is a starter book, basically. You can download the PDF, you can get started. If you like it, then you can buy the $50 book and go from there. And so, you know, I kind of used that to play a little bit, and that was really fun. It'd be cool to have that more as, and I think it's starting to become more and more prevalent with different RPGs and stuff like that where they're, and I talked about this for, for board games and stuff like that, where a lot of people from the outside are giving ideas. And a lot of these companies are taking those ideas and they're putting it on, like, you know, say like your play-by-post with gamers playing and stuff like that, where you can take an RPG, you can run your own stories, but then you can also have other people take those stories and run their own stories in that. So you expand a universe. So it's not just one thing. It's like you can make this small story or this small town into a big, grandiose thing. You know, you can kind of go from there, which I think is cool. Talking about, like, Mage Knight and stuff like that, that stuff has uh, expanded the realm of possibilities for RPGs, too, because you can use those as visuals. Mm-hmm. Um, another visual we're talking about, like, we're, you know, we've become, an, we've become really good friends with the people at BattleBards. Tabletop audio and stuff like that, and RPG audio and, and music and stuff like that is becoming a little more prevalent. And I'd like to see more of that because... You know, it's not just when you have a role-playing game, you're playing, you know, this adventure, and you play the Lord of the Rings soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, it's it's something where you're you're getting more of these detailed things where it's like, okay, you know, you're getting hit with a bunch of arrows, you know, and then, you know, here comes a golem, you know, and stuff like that, and it just makes it more into like you're there, you know, like that whole thing we were talking about, like being in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, I like that more than. I mean, some people will say it, it it ruins the imagination because then these people aren't playing off of themselves and stuff like that. But I I always love that. I'm one of those guys that when I see your Lord of the Rings and I see your Star Wars, I'm like, I just, I think that way. You know, I like the storytelling. I like the grandiose craziness of it and stuff like that. So I like that whole thing where it just, it brings everything to life, you know, and, and not just 
oh, I hit him, you know, <laughs> you know, it was like, oh, I rolled a 20, you know, whoopee, you know, so it just, it brings a lot more to it. It's something where, and another thing I hadn't thought of that is, is getting um, a little more prevalent, which I think would get, I wish would get more prevalent, is that they're starting to make stuff for people that have disabilities, like if someone's blind or somebody is, you know, deaf and stuff like that, they have different utilities, you know, and different things like, you know, dice for the blind and books for books, you know, role-playing books for the blind and, you know, different visuals and, and, and stuff like that for the people that can't hear and stuff like that. It's just, it's cool to see that. And it would be cool to see a lot more of that. It'd be cool to see. And it, just talking about that, it would be kind of cool to see that more in like board games, uh, video games. I don't know if you can do that yeah. well in, but board games, I think you could too. You know, giving people that option that, you know, if, if you have a, uh, someone who's blind, maybe you could have, you know, some audio or, you know, the dice that have, you know, the, you know, the, the, um, what do you call that? The, uh, braille on it and okay. stuff like that, you know, to kind of get, get people more involved in your stuff. You know, it's not just one way of thinking. It's another way of thinking, you know, but those are just a few things that I, you know, I'm thinking of. And, and one of the things that I, that I do think that is lacking is that it's the same thing we talked about video games is that there's only, there's only really D and D Pathfinder, maybe Shadowrun, maybe, we do Star Wars. We do Star Wars. Of, I mean, that's. I don't know if there's. I don't think there's new Star Wars out right now. Well, there's that. Oh yeah, there is. There's that. They're always putting out new Star Wars. Yep, like all the time. Every couple of years, they put out yep. new Star Wars. But there's, game but there's, but and there's like, Numero is like the one new one that's really big right now for a lot of people. But we haven't played it. Yeah. But there's not. I don't think there's really still enough out there. You know, there's not that new thing that everyone's just like i gotta have this you know and you know it's it's gotta be somewhere you know somebody's there's so many people that work up their own things you know and and they're probably putting it on drive through rpg and they haven't quite worked out the kinks and stuff like that but it'd be nice to see more variety there's just to me there's just not enough good variety of rpgs out there you know where it sucks because I you know, I have the awesome ability to listen to some of the podcasts. While I listen to some people that are playing these different things, I'm like, that's cool. But I'm like, I don't want to. I don't want to play that also to be like, hey, I'm playing this too, to where it doesn't seem like it's it's to use the word creative. You know, it's like I want to find something that I think is cool and bring it to the table mm-hmm. and you know, maybe get more people involved in it and stuff like that. But there's just not enough out there that grabs me, you know. Another thing which I think would be good too, and I think that the people from Monty Cook Games that are working on a game called No Thank You Evil is more games that would get kids into the thing, get kids involved, you know. Mm -hmm. You've got, you know, you don't really have that quick and easy RPG that you can play with your kids. I mean, you can take D&D and Pathfinder and Star Wars and you can kind of, take away all the difficult pieces but that's hard to do you know <laughs> just be like okay how do i make this really easy for them to comprehend without bogging them down with all these details so that they're just they lost they're lost you know i think that would be cool to bring that to the table because then you've got the whole thing like we're talking about where you start them young you get them involved in this and then it goes to where they're they want to make that kind of stuff you know mm-hmm. Which I, you know, I think it would be cool to have something like that, but I just, you just don't see that that much. Yeah. So. 
Anything to add to my long-winded uh, talk <laughs> about uh, role-playing? I didn't really have any role-playing games down that I thought, like, innovative type of things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that I was thinking with creativity in role-playing, that's what role-playing is all about. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be creative. Yeah. I mean, I know you have your guideline type of books, but role-playing is all about creating a story and making it your own and making your own character and really building on a world that you and your DM, GM, whatever it is, you know, you build that together. You mm-hmm. might have an outline of you're in the D&D world, you yeah. know, Forgotten Realms or whatever, yeah. or Star Wars world, mm-hmm. but you're still building your own story with your own characters. And I just think that, you know, that's the core part of role playing, you mm-hmm. know, is creativity. So yeah. it's always going to be there no matter what, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, I think we've talked to, talked to everybody's ear off about that. Yep. Um, if you guys have anything <laughs> you'd like to uh, throw in, just uh, uh, hit our Twitter at MFGCast or hit our email at uh, MFGCast3 at uh, gmail.com. If there's something that we missed, we can always talk about it a little bit next week. So, or next week next episode that we talk about i have a regular episode here so yeah so we'll get into the review all right now to the review um this month we decided to do star wars imperial assault by fantasy flight games it was published last year it's two to five players uh plays about 90 minutes i would uh like to disagree with that because it just depends upon how well you do or how bad you are Mm -hmm. but uh, i'll let mike kind of explain how this is played uh pretty much well there's actually two ways to play it and we haven't played it you can actually just set it up as a skirmish uh, between two players so you you know are the rebels and the imperials that you just pretty much you set up an army and you can fight against each other very cool but the the main game for us that we've done is um it's almost like setting it up like a role-playing game. When we've played it, I've always... I own the game, so I have played as the Imperials because you're the Imperials are the only ones that can let, read through the campaign book and kind of set up the missions. And you're actually given all these tiles so that you set out and you actually make little maps depending on the mission. And you put out different figures and tokens and stuff. And the Rebels have... A mission to fulfill and everybody gets their own character and they have a character card you keep that character and you go through a whole campaign of missions as you go along um you start out with like one weapon card and that's really about it mm-hmm. and as you go along you get experience points and um i think it was just, oh experience points and money, money credits yeah. and when you beat a mission like if the rebels win a mission they might get more experience or more money to be able to get better weapons and get better abilities for the next mission. But if you lose, you still get some of that. You just won't get as much. And the Imperial player actually gets more stuff to build what they're building. And it's just really, really cool. I mean, even we've played it with two different groups. Kurt and Tracy and I played it, um, and they didn't do so well. (laughs) They lost, and we end up going to one place because they lost. When we played the other time, it was Kurt and Shane and Aaron and I. And they did awesome and kept winning. So we went a completely different path. And it was just really, it's really neat to have that. It's a role-playing game element because you just keep building up your character and 
pretty much leveling them up, getting them more abilities. And it has a story. Like, you actually, I read what's happening. There's different things. You know, people move around the map towards their objective. Well, they open a door, well, all of a sudden there's a gun in their face. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it, just a really cool concept. I don't know what else to throw into it besides that it, you know, it's, it's standard. It's miniatures moving around on a map, mm-hmm. you know, and you roll dice. It's not six-sided. I mean, there's six-sided dice, but it's not typical six-siders with numbers on them. There's different symbols on them, you know, for hits and dodges and all sorts of stuff like that. Depending on your character, you ha- you roll different dice. Like the Wookiee to attack uses the red dice, which does the most damage along with, I don't remember, a yellow dice maybe. I think mm-hmm. that does the second amount of damage. You know, where a, a Stormtrooper isn't doing nearly that much. They use different dice. And so it really adds to the complexity of the game, but it's actually pretty simple to get into. I, I mean, just the fact that Kurt's wife, Tracy, actually really enjoyed playing the game and actually came and joined our second game after Aaron had to leave and mm-hmm. took his place. Says that, you know, somebody who's not so much of a hardcore gamer, mm-hmm. you know, can get into it. Mm-hmm. And that was a thing I talk, we talked about earlier in the podcast. It actually starts you off with a tutorial mission. So you learn all the basic stuff in an easy, relaxed setting, you know, that doesn't take too long. I think they did that really well. I don't know what else to say about the game. Mm-hmm. You go ahead and say more. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, the, I'll talk about some of the stuff that I really, really enjoyed about it. Like, uh, like we had talked about trying to get more for your money. This game has ev- almost everything. I mean, it really does. Your money is... Well, well spent on this game. <laughs> Thankfully, I found it. Guys, check out the internet because if you go to Games by James or something like that, it's a hundred dollar game. Yeah, I got it off of Amazon for like sixty, which I thought mm-hmm. was a pretty good steal on that game yep. because it actually comes with. You have to put together a an at at walker, like that's pretty huge. Very cool detailed figures. They are not painted. You know, we talked about painting figures before. I'm not going to take the time to paint them. Another tip on this for people that had collected the old Wizards of the Coast, like they did the booster packs of Star Wars miniature games, I just took those figures and switched Mm -hmm. them out. I mean, they look awesome. They're the same size. So um, just a a tip on that. Or you could, you know, if you're really into trying to paint but you don't know how to do it, YouTube, YouTube's yeah, got all the stuff. videos out there. I just don't have the time yep. or uh, patience to do that. Yeah, for so. sure. And that being said, the miniatures themselves are amazingly well done. Mm-hmm. I mean, regardless of the fact that they're not painted, I'm sure that cost a shit ton of money. So you'd probably be paying $150 if you had them painted, which yep. sucks, but whatever. I This is something that kind of goes against the grain of what I would ever say, but this game is worth your money, regardless if you have, a pay, if you have to pay 100 bucks, which... It's really hard to do, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if you have that kind of money to spend, it's good. But if you don't, you have to wait for Christmas taxes, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. But I I can't stress enough, it's worth your money no matter what. It's totally worth your money. The aspects that I really like, it tells a story. And not only do you go in certain mi- like you have missions to do, and it goes, it has main missions, but it also has side missions, you know? Mm-hmm. And depending upon whether you win or lose you could go in a totally different direction. And it gives it gives that game a lot of gameplay. 
And I'm sure in the in the future they'll have something where it'll just be like here, just swap these out, and then it'll make a whole different story. Or maybe they'll make Imperial Assault Two, you know, make yeah. a sequel. You know, there are booster or there's not booster, but there's expansion boxes. I know there's a Hoth one and uh, like Scum and Villainy type of thing. Yeah, uh, Boba Fett type thing that are already out. Or I know for sure the Hoth one's out, but I think they probably add a completely different story i would guess mm-hmm. i just haven't yeah. looked at them that much yep so yeah yeah and there's tons of characters and stuff for them to keep expanding forever yeah so. exactly and now that the new, new movies are coming out i guarantee mm-hmm. you they're gonna do something with that too which yeah. will be awesome um though <clears throat> excuse me so talking about you know where you can go and the things you can do you know like mike had kind of said you start with basically a weapon, but you can also, every time you get to a new level, usually, you usually get an experience point. And depending upon how many experience points you have, you have, you can get different cards for your characters that upgrade them and get them stronger. And you have a different tactic. And I think with the different types of characters that they have in this box, you can have a team that's well-rounded. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not a lot of... there's. A really, it's really kind of hard unless you're, you know, just have bad luck or you're just not. It's hard for you to figure it out. There's not a lot of ways for you to have a bad team. Basically, um, it seems like every, you know, they really thought about. Okay, here's your Wookie. Here's your 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 force your force person. Here's your uh, military grade guy. Here's you know and a your, scout and yeah. <clears throat> A commander type? Yes. And I don't remember what the other one is. Yeah. So. so they really thought about having well-rounded groups, you know, even if you expand to the five players. So, you know, when you, when you start upgrading your weapons, you start upgrading your abilities, I mean, it, it, it helps you out a ton. Um, that being said, as you go through the story, the whoever's playing the Imperials, or whoever's playing... Is that what I meant? The bad guys? Imperials? Yep. Yes. Sorry, I don't know why I just like blanked out there. I knew that was right, but for some reason I blanked. Um, the the bad guys, you know, Mike said he was playing the you know playing the Imperials or whatever. They get upgrades too. You know, mm-hmm. you you know, and depending upon the story, there's different things that you can lay out there too. It's like yeah. playing a role playing game, but having stuff in your head. You know, but it's on on cards and stuff like that where you're like, okay, well, you're having fun here. Bam. Here's yeah. three other, you know, stormtroopers. You, yeah. Oh, you like that? Hey, bam. Here's a big, you know, machine looking thing that's coming at you. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing, too. Like, you guys don't even know from the Imperial side what's all in there. But there's actually, you know, you have the six different types for player characters. But for the Imperial characters, there's actually three different types of decks that you choose from. There's a stormtrooper type, you know, that's more battle. There's a commander type, and then there was like a, I don't know, it was like a Death Star trooper or something. Yeah. That they all have different tactics and strategies, and whichever deck that you start out with, that's what you stick with through the whole game, mm-hmm. and you keep building off of that, just like you mm-hmm. do as the player character. And one thing that's really cool and makes it different all the time, a lot of the missions they build in a, a section of the mission where. Before the mission, you pick out surprise characters. Mm -hmm. Uh, They can't be unique stuff, but you can pick out, like, hey, I want a ton of stormtroopers in this. So you Mm -hmm. add more of that. Or you add in, you know, the AT-AT walker if you want. I never did that to these guys (laughs) because it was so new. But at one point, I was like, man, they're winning way too much. I kind (laughs) of want to throw that in there. So 
you know, it it's there's a lot of replayability to it, mm-hmm. you know, because it's going to be different every time depending on what you do with that or what player characters everybody uses. So mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, I love that aspect and the, you know, like the big thing I keep stressing that I well, I don't know if I'm stressing it enough, but is is it has a it has a story within it. It really does. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I and I think I had told told Mike this, but like when I play these games, no matter who, what, what party I was playing with, I was playing with Shane and those guys, and then if it was just me and me and Tracy, I was thinking of it. I thought of it in Star Wars terms. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, when it was me and Tracy, it was. Uh, uh, I think she was the Wookiee, and I was uh, the the long range military guy or whatever. You know, so I was thinking of you know just the badasses that are just trying to go through and pick off people and stuff like that. And then when I played with, you know, with uh, Redshirt Shane and, and Aaron and Mike and myself, you know, I thought of it. And then eventually Tracy, I was, I, you know, I played the commander guy. And I was, you know, thinking of it as the grizzled guy that, you know, has been been and saw, you know, seen everything. And then at one point we had actually, the day that we played, we were supposed to do role playing. Well, we scrapped that. And we played that game like all day almost, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, it got to a point where eventually I got to play a side mission where it was a story with my character. And so the whole time I'm like, oh my God, you know, I love this and all this will be cool. And then we end up losing. Yep. And I'm like, I know for a fact that this guy, this commander, my character would take it terribly. And the fact that we stopped after that one, I was like, oh no, you know, Mm -hmm. I really wanted to play my character to that strength and, you know, be just, you know, express that character's disappointment that it sucked. But it's cool to think in those terms, you know, and maybe it's just me because I, you know, love Star Wars so much, but it's it's cool to think of something that sparks your imagination to where it's like, okay, this is actually telling a story and it's it's really affecting your characters in a way where you think of it that way. Yeah. Even thinking to like that mission, you guys lost that mission, and every mission that gets played, there's always a really cool reward to it. Like if you would have won that mission, think it was you get some kind of special power for your guy. One of the earlier missions that you guys actually won was that you guys get to use Han Solo later on, mm-hmm. you know, to help you out. And so it's just, it's really neat that they throw in all these, like, special rewards. And it's like, if you lose that mission, it's like, well, here's what you lost. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my god, that sucks, you know? Yeah, so yeah. It, it's really cool. The rewards in it are amazing, yep. you know? And to, and to that point, too, when you were talking about, um, I can't remember what it was, but you had us pick something and we're like, okay, you can have, you know, a certain help and, you know, a certain thing or whatever. And we actually picked Han Solo and we're all just like, fuck yeah, we picked Han Solo, you know? And then we won and then you're like, you have Han Solo. We're like, we have Han Solo. Yeah. Holy shit. We're like, you know, just like some people could just be like, all right, I want to play him right away. People were, we were like, um... No, I think we want to save this until we really think we need them, you know? And so we didn't use them, so we still have them, you know, which is just, it's cool to think of it in those terms, you know? Yeah, yeah so. that's part that, what that was, was um, the side mission part. There's a story side of it where you have to go through and actually play these missions in order. But in between every one of those story missions, there's a side mission. And it's actually a deck that the players set up beforehand, and you get to choose between two cards that end up being drawn and be like, okay, 
this is which side mission I want. So you had the choice between Han Solo, and I don't remember what the other one was mm-hmm. anymore. I know that in that deck, there's a Luke Skywalker one, mm-hmm. there's a Chewbacca one, there's one for, I think, just like a rebel uh, assault type of guy. Yeah. And then there was one that's like a whole squadron of troopers to help you out, you know? Nice. And it's just, it's... There's so much, and it's like, well, do I want this or do I want this? You know, I mean, it's it's cool to give players that choice too. Mm-hmm. And there's things like that in the Imperial deck too. Mm-hmm. That you, I like. There's side missions in that Imperial deck that I can purchase, and I could throw them down. And be like, no, you're doing this. Ah, nice. And I know for a fact one of them is if. I think if you end up losing it, I actually get Darth Vader to use later. <laughs> so I mean, it, it's really cool. Yeah, it's got a lot of elements to it. So yeah, I love that. And and it, and one last thing before we rate it or whatever, it, it I just kind of thought of that too. Is that you know we talked about it, but I didn't. We haven't really made it known that you know even though you're playing the Imperials, and it may seem like it's like okay, I'm playing by myself, and I'm kind of you're really telling the story, and you're really getting involved in it too, and you really have a lot of choices too, mm-hmm. which says a lot. I mean, it could just be like, okay, these are the this is what we're doing, this is where it goes, go for it, you know. So it actually really gives you uh, the keys to the the car, you know, basically. Yeah. The only one thing that I have on it that's negative. It's a fantasy flight game, and it's the fantasy flight trough, like I, as I like to call it. The box, you know, it's yeah. the raised up two sides, and then the middle is just a trough. And there's a ton of little tokens and stuff in this game, and they don't really give you any bags or anything. So, you know, their only bags are for the actual figures, and I think there was some bags for the cards, otherwise all the little pieces that you poke out of i mean there was a ton of cardboard mm-hmm. you know sheets of stuff to to poke out like you need to get bags for yeah um and then just all throw right in the middle of that box and it's kind of funny because when i opened the box and i was looking through the stuff i'm like where are all the figures like if you don't <laughs> if you don't know games you'd be like i thought this was supposed to come with stuff because you actually have to lift up the trough mm-hmm. and underneath there is all the figures on the sides <laughs> So, I mean, there's nothing in there to be like, oh, well, you need to look, you know, <laughs> underneath to find everything. So, uh, that's the only knock that I have on it. It's they just, just they never, never do anything with boxes. I yeah. swear. So. Yeah, that's that part sucks, especially if you're paying a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. You don't. Okay, we don't need it to be like amazingly compartmentalized. But hey, maybe have a couple of different squares for something uh plastic bags do not cost that much that's what i was gonna say i mean i don't even care about having because there's so much stuff in that box i think it would be really hard for them to have compartments for everything but they didn't even come with bags for all the little tokens it's like you could put bags in for tokens that's not especially if you're paying a hundred dollars for this game right i'm sorry a couple of bags aren't gonna break the bank Mm -hmm. you know especially if you're fantasy flight games yeah all right, well, we've talked about it quite a bit, so why don't we rate it? I'll let you go first. All right, well, there was only one negative to this game, and that was, you know, the storage thing. That's not enough to knock it down. I have to give it an 8. I would play that game all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, we played it, like, a full day straight mm-hmm. instead of role-playing, and it was, 
I think most of us agreed more fun than what we were thinking we were going to do that day. So mm-hmm. I have to give it an eight. It's so awesome. Yeah, for sure. Um, I will agree with you. Um, it's funny because I, I'm trying to get to the point where I'm trying to get a little more, a little more harsh on games because mm-hmm. it's like, not everything could be a six, seven, eight, you know. But this game is it's phenomenal. I mean, of course, because we both love Star Wars. It, it's going to kind of veer our way towards the better. But the fact that Fantasy Flight has done such a good job of making this such a great game with the tiles and the characters and how they how they um, get better and the experience, it's like playing a role-playing game. You know, it's like playing a Star Wars RPG, but with a whole bunch of miniatures and tiles and stuff like yeah. that. And I don't think it needs to be Star Wars. If it wasn't Star Wars, yeah. I would still be pumped about that game. Yep. If it was how they were doing those D&D board games, like the Charlotte and stuff like that, and they made it like this, I mean, those games itself it were close. kind of like a skeleton of that, but they didn't have as, as much story and upgrading, I think, as this. Mm-hmm. But yeah. If you if you take something that people will kind of enjoy, you can take a, a more of a fantasy way. You could do a sci-fi. I mean, you could do a lot of different things with this model, and it would be great. It really would. And I, again, it's like because I don't own the game, I can't give it the knock like you did. I mean, I understand it, mm-hmm. and I hate that because it's like give me a fucking couple of bags. But mm-hmm. uh, besides that, it's. It's phenomenal. I mean, like you said, we played it a whole day. I still wanted to play it. Yep. Um, uh, Retro Shane, who's not a regular board gamer, we're talking about Tracy. I think Tracy's way more of a board gamer now than Retro Shane is. He just kept wanting to play it. Mm -hmm. We talked about Extra Life. He's like, if we play that, I'll play it again. I don't care how long. I just had so much fun. He was so pumped when we left. I'm sure he did not sleep very well. <laughs> you know, he was just so excited about it, and, and everybody just had such a great time. Mm-hmm. You know, so and so when you have a game that just everybody's excited about, including yourself, you can't not give it the top rating. Mm-hmm. So agreed. So yeah. So if you can find, if you have enough money, if you can find a great deal on it, get it. I'm not gonna say not get it. I'm not yeah. gonna say oh maybe you don't want it. get it. You want it, get it. It's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alright, we're done with that and we're going to get into weird games. Weird games. Alright. <laughs> weird games, people. Alright, so I found some awesome weird games. I was just looking very randomly on the internet the other day and found some interesting stuff. Uh, the first one I found was called Golden Balls. <laughs> Who doesn't like Golden Balls? That sounds creative. I know, right? And it's weird because it looks like a guy that looks like he's English, and then he's holding a golden ball, and then it's got, like, it looks like it says 500, 50,000 pounds. Who's got what it takes to take the lot? A game of luck, intuition, and barefaced bluff. You have one simple task. Get rid of the killer balls while keeping the highest value golden balls in play. Vote out your opponents in the first two rounds. One round in three player to make it to the bin or win and choose your golden five jackpot balls. Face your last remaining opponent in a tense head to head to split or steal. Yeah. Um, is that based on like a real type of it must game be. or something? It must that be. Because, yeah, because the guy in the front looks like somebody that uh, 
is like a, a game show host or something like that. <laughs> a professional golden ball player. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's just sounds stupid. So if this is from if this is from overseas, if any of you knew know what this is, let us know because I have no clue. I just I saw it, it said golden balls, I was hooked. We I looked at it, it looked terrible. It's not like somebody's name golden name nope. golden like Jack Nicholas Pro Golf Tour <laughs> No nineteen ninety. It is not. They even have a <laughs> Uh, it comes with like a main ball holder, hand, uh, golden balls, and player ball holders. Wouldn't that just be your hands? <laughs> yeah, this game looks so weird. I don't even know. I don't know. It's it's just it's crazy looking. Anyway, enough of that one. Yep, we're gonna go to the next one. It's called Funny Finger. <laughs> I, I picked the best named ones. Yes, funny finger for your golden balls. Yeah, and this one looks bad because it's a bunch of kids that have. It's like a. It's like a. It's like a. A wall of plastic, and it's got a bunch of holes in it, and the kids put their fingers in it. That's weird. And then somebody stands on the other side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> your you're, 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 you're creepy uncle it says fingers, funny fingers everywhere, sticking out here and there. Match each finger one by one. F- funny finger is funny fun. Players match up other pe- players' fingers sticking through holes in the finger fence. Oh, wow. So basically you're just trying to match what other people are doing with their fingers? That's gross. I think it sounds like you're trying to figure out whose fingers go with each other. Like, Must be. I guess it's like a matching type of game. Yeah, it must know. be. Or else you... Pull people's fingers and make them fart. I don't know. That's yeah, really weird. Yeah, it doesn't really say anything else much than that. <laughs> Probably like, uh, it's already a stupid concept. Yeah. We'll stop typing. It's from 1968. Oh, there you go. So that'll tell you why no one's yeah, really... because it's a creeper game. Yep. It's a... <laughs> I got, you got pulled one year later. <laughs> yep. All right. And the last one I have, which it sounds amazing, is Mr. Bacon's Big Adventure. <laughs> Another... Oh my gosh, I thought this thing I thought this was another old game. It's only from 2009. Is it about a pig? And no, it's oh. about a a piece of bacon called Mr. Bacon. Oh. Join Mr. Bacon on a mouth-watering mosey through Meatland. <laughs> oh, it's Candyland with meat. On your journey, you'll have to navigate your way through the mustard marsh, cross the eerie expanse of Wiener Wasteland. This is totally Candyland. <laughs> and sail on the Sausage Sea. Oh, that's what I say when I want to get it on. Come sail on my Sausage Sea. Gross. Um, if you make it past the deceptive detour of Vegan Alley and avoid getting grounded in Gristle Grotto, you just might make it into the great frying pan at the end of the trail. This has got to be Candyland. Yeah, that's Candyland. Yep, that's totally what it is. Let me see. I have to look at the image now because I didn't look at it before. Yep, it's Candyland. With With meat. With a spinner and a piece of bacon in a pan. Boy, that is so unoriginal. Yep, that's not creative at all going by our topic of our podcast. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Somebody gives me Mr. Bacon's Big Adventure, I punch him in the nuts. (laughs) How dare you, sir? So yeah, so there's there's a bunch of funny, gross, weird games for you. Yeah, really gross. <laughs> that finger wall turned into uh, oh, what's that called? Funny, funny finger and some golden balls. The the hole in the wall thing that. Oh yeah, yeah. Jeez. Uh, okay. I'm pretty sure that's the start of that. Yeah, maybe. I forget. What that's Glory called. holes. Yeah, there you go. 
think that's probably where At that first they were ended. called Funny Fingers. Yeah, it was Funny Finger, and then uh, somebody changed it into the Glory Hole. Yeah, exactly. And they stopped marketing that game. Uh, gross. Ugh. All right. Well, now go take a shower. It's time for nothing else. Bet. It's time to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, hope you've had fun as we have. We talked about some awesome creative stuff and what we thought could be done better and stuff like that. Like I said, if there's anything that you guys think of that's different, uh, let us know. MFGCast3 at gmail.com at MFGCast on Twitter. Also, a small reminder, join our team for Extra Life. Um, November 7th is Extra Life. It's a full day of gaming. They say 24 hours. We won't make it that long, but we'll go as far as hard as we can until we pass out because we're old men and women. We're going to try to play at our local game store, the district company. So join our team, make some money. We're actually giving away some stuff. I have kind of talked about this in the past, but you believe me, you want to join our team. You want to get, get this going because you are there's free stuff waiting for you just for helping out. So join our team. It's the MFGNU Helpathon 3000. Join our team. Make some money. Top three fundraisers will get games, shirts, accessories, books for free. All you have to do is help fundraise. You don't even have to donate yourself. You just find somebody else to donate. It would be great for you guys to help us out too. But, you know, like I said, if you want to... You know, start some auctions, find some games that you, some old games that you don't like and or that you don't play anymore, and you know, try to auction them off to some friends or some family. You know, post it on Facebook and Twitter, get people involved. I mean, we have a lot of stuff from a lot of different people that we want to give to you. I haven't announced anything yet, just because we're still working out some stuff with other uh, companies and stuff like that. But believe me, there's a lot of stuff here that you're gonna want to you're gonna want to have on your hands. So, and plus you're doing it for a great cause. It Extra Life, if you don't know, it's basically helping out Children's Miracle Networks to, and it's helping out kids that have diseases or that have birth defects or that have, you know, injured themselves, you know, and they need help, you know. You know, there's, you know, parents don't have a lot of money these days, so whatever help we can do, we want to try to go out there and do the best we can. So help us out that way and Other than that, we'll see you next time. So again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.